beautiful people. You know what time it is. Ladies and gents, guys and dolls, and everyone in between. Gather round. Get you something real nice to sip on and comfy to slip on. Cause it's time for Smut Club. Here's your hosts, Chelsea and Hannah. Hello. Hey everyone, welcome to Smut Club. I'm Hannah. And I'm Chelsea. And we're just gonna jump right into it today. You know, that that's really the only option. When you have a book like this one... There's there's no need for preamble. No. Um, there is a need for a lot of wine though. So I would I would mm-hmm. get an alcohol if you don't already have an alcohol. It doesn't have to be wine. Sure. The alcohol of your choosing. Um mm. it might it might help this journey. If you're um sober from alcohol, maybe whatever you you choose to unwind. A glass sure. of warm milk. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Maybe a, a a brownie or a cupcake, although your choice of frosting is very much up to you. If you listen to our last episode, thank you very yes, much. Yes, if you've listened to our review of Neighbors, um, you, will, really you will know what we are I referencing. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe take an edible, maybe <laughs> like whatever you need to do to just like really Relax. get in the zone for this yeah. story. Because Hannah, what's the name of this book? It is Morning Glory Milking Farm by C.M. Nascosta. Honestly, I feel like that's review enough. <laughs> like, and thank you all for listening. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, and that that thanks that was all for Smut Club today. <sighs> Morning Glory Milking <laughs> Farm, you guys. So, this book is the first in what will be a series. It is, however, a standalone. It's one of those where it follows one couple for each book for the series. So the first book, Morning Glory Milking Farm, in the Cambric Creek series. So we are, let me just paint a picture. (laughs) We are set in a sort of alternate reality where mythical creatures exist. They don't just exist. They are part of like normal Western society. So we have vampires and uh, shapeshifters, werewolves, that kind of things. Wolves. (laughs) You mean wolves? I think you mean wolves, Hannah. I said what I said. (laughs) Um, We have pixies and ogres and, and minotaurs and all these different kinds of creatures who have like regular blue and white collar jobs you know, and they are somewhat, there is some segregation that we'll get into. I don't know. But like, it sounds like for the most part, they're just like productive members of society. Yes. Okay. And and I don't know if CM Nascosta meant this to be like a, a comment on something. Frankly, whatever the comment was, was lost in all of the the Hugh Jackmans of it all, because it's so much, y'all. It is so much. So <laughs> are you referring to Hugh Jackman, the actor, or are you referring to no. Hugh Jackman as a as a hand job? As a hand job. That is also going to be our rating system for this. How many Hugh Jackmans <laughs> do you give this book is ultimately our rating system at the end. <laughs> yeah. I'm really sorry, you guys. So 
Morning Glory Milking Farm. We open with our dear friend Violet, who is um, in her apartment watching a training video for a job that she has not yet decided if she's going to take. And in this training video, she watches this fox shifter um, giving a handy to a minotaur. Okay. Go on. So that's how we open. So it, it apparently. Training video, like an instructional video. An instructional video. Okay. And there's a lot of detail in here about how to handle the testicles. It's a lot of information to drink in. Okay. I mean, if it's your full-time job, you better take that shit seriously. And she does. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of notes are taken. There's a lot of highlighting. It's a lot. It's a lot. So we learn that Violet has recently graduated from graduate school um, as some kind of like historian, museum, management, something or other. Regardless, she cannot find a job in her field. Okay. Okay. So she she went to school and got a degree that is not furthering her career. No. That alone might be the author's political commentary. It really could be because what happens is she, so she had moved from her very small town, hometown, out of her parents' home. Her mother apparently has a lot of anxiety, a lot of expectations. It's been a lot for our our friend Violet. She's really struggling with her mother's like hovering. So she had moved out and moved into the big city, hoping to find a job so that she could kind of start her own life. And she has been unable to do so in her field. So she starts looking for literally anything that will pay the bills. So she finds an advertisement for something called a milking associate at the Morning Glory Milking Farm. And she's like, what? The pay is amazing. It's full benefits. Cambrick Creek is a super cute town. I am really excited about this. And Brandon the pug is also really excited about this. Uh, yes, my my pug Brandon is the most excited about it. Honestly, he's so excited. He might go ex- it's like celebrate and process how excited he is in his crate, um, which is not <laughs> in this room. So that that might be coming our way. Sorry, Betty. So she applies for this job and apparently goes for, she does a couple of of video interviews and then she goes to an in-person tour of the facility where she finds out that a milking associate essentially is an individual who provides manual stimulation to minotaurs in order to collect their sperm. So she's a minotaur fluffer. She is a minotaur fluffer. Although, yes. is it is it still fluffing if you bring them to completion? I don't think so. I think the definition of fluffer is like to prepare yeah. for the main show. So I think if you are uh, if you are getting all the way to the main show, that it is not fluffing. So if she's bad at her job, she's a minotaur <laughs> fluffer. Yes, precisely. Okay. So. Um, she discovers that she is going to be providing Tustin Jimber Lakes to Minotaurs. 
<laughs> to collect their sperm. My, I'm already like, I'm so excited for this full review just to hear how many different euphemisms Hannah can use for hand job. We already have Hugh Jackman and Tustin Jimberlake. <laughs> it's going to be a lot. And I would apologize, but I'm not sorry. So, so she, in, in the opening chapter, she's trying to decide, like, do I really want to do this? Like, I'm essentially going to become a sex worker. Like, do I really want to do this? And then she realizes if she doesn't do this, she's going to have to move home into the basement apartment at her parents' house, back into her hometown. And she's going to have to put up with all of that shit. And she's like, you know what? I can do it. I can do it. I'm going to do it. So she is taking copious notes on the proper technique to get these minotaurs where they need to go. She's an academic at heart, right? She really is. She really is. And she's very passionate about her work, which I can appreciate. I love someone with a good work ethic. Yes. And Violet, if nothing else, has a good work ethic. (laughs) So, so (laughs) she goes, it's her first her first day, essentially, she's getting into all of this and, um, she is paired up with a, another milking associate who's more experienced, who's going to be training her. So she's essentially train like shadowing this milking associate and watching her as she goes through the process. So it's very descriptive. Well, and you know, what's also funny, Hannah, and I know we've mentioned this in a previous episode. But how we met was you trained me on a job <laughs> neither of us has anymore. I did do that. You did. Yeah. I did do that. To be fair, I think you'd only started like two or three weeks before me. And Not you, a lot. Yeah. You pretty much single-handedly led my training for someone who had just started before me. So I I feel a kinship with Violet here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I can only hope that I was as thorough and supportive as her trainer was because that's like a major point in the book is she's a very good friend to Violet. So she coaches her through everything, teaches her the process, the procedure. They have these like, like, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like a machine so they they begin with the manual stimulation, and then when we get close to completion, they apply this thing, this machine that has suction that then brings the minotaur to completion. So she and is a fluffer. I guess yes, yeah. Okay, and then she collects like the the sperm is collected in like an old fashioned milk jug, like a glass milk jug, to go along with the milking farm theme. So she is responsible for cleaning the um, the equipment and making sure the room is ready, doing the paperwork and things like that. But she's not actually doing anything in terms of the actual milking. Well, you yet. gotta you gotta show what you bring to the table. You gotta like do the grunt work first. Right, right. She is not ready to go full shandy. She, we need to work up to it. You know. Yep. <laughs> so that's three for those of you who are playing along. <laughs> So, um, so about a couple of weeks go by, Violet is starting to make more money. She's feeling more confident. Um, she's really looking forward to, and this will be important later. She's really looking forward to being able to buy coffee at a couple of the local coffee shops. Um, cause that's like a, a luxury for her because she has, 
has struggled with money for so long. So um, she's really excited about everything. But then she shows up one day and her trainer is like, hey, Violet, it's all you, babe. Like, I'm going to be shadowing you now. Like, it's your turn to, this to take point. It is just like when you trained me. It is. It is. <laughs> Only with less bull penis. Like, like not no bull penis, but just less. You're going to give people a really weird perception <laughs> of the job you trained me on. For the record, <laughs> we're both therapists. We are licensed therapists. There was no bull penis. <laughs> Peni? <laughs> Penises? Penises? I think that's the right one. Um <laughs> I've been saying syllabi a lot recently, and I I just got in that. I was like, peni. Nope, that's not right. No, um, no. There, there was no bull penises in our training at any point. Yeah, to be fair, there were no peni in any of the training. Like, not just bull. <laughs> just not none just of bull. Any none of them. None. No penises allowed. There were no species of penis allowed in the training that was completed. Anyway, although it wasn't completed, was it? <laughs> if there wasn't one there, it was did it did it come to completion? We wouldn't know because it was all virtual. If a tree falls in the forest. Like which by the way, some men are clearing trees in your yard right next to us right now, so I I can hear it. I don't know if the <laughs> listeners can. But I can. So if a tree falls down in my neighborhood, <laughs> does yes, it, it does make a sound. It can be heard. Yes. So anyway, Violet is like, oh shit. I was very comfortable just like kind of being present for this and doing the grunt work. And now I have to actually like do it. Like, oh God. Now I have to do the grunt work. She she sure okay. does. And there is grunting. So she She has that work ethic. We applaud it. Damn straight. So she goes in and so the way that the milking room is set up, there is a platform where the minotaurs come in and then there is like a lower level where the milking associate is. So the, I can't believe I'm going into this much detail about it, but so the minotaur, there's a, they call it a, 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 a bench, like a, a milking bench where the minotaurs basically straddle something that has a hole in the middle so that the their their penises come through <laughs> to the lower level that's at like face level with Okay, I was literally about to ask how high the platform it's was. It's at like face level with the milking associate so they're more able to handle. I'm really sorry that I'm doing hand motions right now. I know you guys can't see it, but I just realized the hand motions I was doing and I feel really bad about it. So, <laughs> okay. So essentially there's a, in their warehouse where they do the milking, there's multiple levels and the minotaurs end up on, they straddle a milking bench and then put their junk eye level with the milking associate. Right. Who then fluffs them until they uh, put the, machine contraption on them yes, yes, to finish yeah. and put it in drugs? Yes, yeah. So she goes in for her first client, right? And she's super Ooh. nervous. Also, quick question, just sure. for my own conceptualization of this. Mm-hmm. Is there like, is the bench high enough that like there's like not really like, you're not really talking to the minute, like there's no like conversation or like can you like, do, 
do they make eye contact? Do they engage? Or is it just like, is is the thought process that each minotaur just like comes, sits on the bench, there's no eye contact, no communication. They just get their Hugh Jackman and then get, move on <laughs> to the next thing. And like, is that like, like a conveyor belt of minotaur dicks? So it depends. And we're going to get to that. Okay. So I'm there, jumping the gun. There can be eye contact and there can be conversation. However, the milking associate is in scrubs and like a, 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 face mask, as we're all very familiar with now. Thank you, COVID. And uh, like a hairnet situation. Well, not hairnet, but like covering thing. So she's pretty well covered, but conversation and eye contact is uh, part optional. Of, part of the fluffing process, depending on the be. minotaur. It could be. Okay. So she walks in and she's like, like freezes up and her trainer is like, Hey, so sorry for the delay. We've got a trainer taking care of you today, but she's really great. Like, don't worry about it. And she's like, thank fuck for her because, oh my God. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Because she sees this minotaur up in the platform and she's like, am I into that? <laughs> like, oh shit. And so she like, goes into, up. like, what part of him was she? Like her what? back, like his back, like his back. Back muscles. So she sees his back muscles and his dick and is like, am I into this? And his tail, I guess, and hooves. You know, I forgot about the hooves. I guess minotaurs are hooved animals. I once had a friend, she went to an allergy specialist who he told her she was only allergic to hooved meat options. And I'd never heard that before, but it is reminding me of this book. So would that be like cows and goats and pigs? Like, do pigs have hooves? Pigs have hooves, right? Yeah, I guess to be fair, whenever I think hooves, I think horses. But I also right. we don't we don't readily eat horse in America. No, 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 we do not in America. So yes, but she was a vegetarian anyways, so it didn't really make a difference. <laughs> so yes, I'll, I have no response. Anyways. To that. <laughs> Minotaurs have hooves. Minotaurs have hooves. So, and haunches. That's, you know, there's a lot of description of haunches in this book. So, he gets settled um, and he's like, as the trainer is like, I'm, you know, it's a trainee today. We'll we'll get you taken care of quickly. He's like, whatever. I'm on my lunch break. Just hurry up, right? Because apparently these minotaurs make a fuck ton of money because, so I, I don't think I've explained the reason why they're collecting minotaur sperm. <laughs> Who needs a reason? There's just a factory for minotaur sperm. <laughs> so apparently somehow, somewhere, someone discovered that minotaur sperm is a very helpful ingredient for human male erectile dysfunction. And so it is used in the little blue pills for human men to get it up. And I mean, honestly, here's my thought. How did they discover this? I've thought a lot about it. I know that's probably not in the book, but in my head, I'm like, I'm really curious about their scientific discovery for, was it just like a bestiality relationship? Sure. That like, then as the human was going down on the minotaur, he got himself up. Sure. And then he was like, whoa, minotaur sperm. We should all try it. I'm really creating this narrative here, but yeah. I, I do have questions around this scientific discovery. So I have thought a lot about it because it's very clearly not like 
like a Madame Curie or Isaac Newton or any of the above situation. It's not a penicillin. It's not not the discovery of penicillin. It's not the discovery of penicillin where somebody just forgot to wash the, the Petri dishes and came in and was like, what? Like that clearly is not how we got there. So I'm very comfortable with the idea that it was like, uh, a man going down on a minotaur and being like, what? Like, that's Honestly, pretty cool. here's the thing. I'm just going to say, I think I'm more comfortable with that thought than like how we discovered cow milk was drinkable. Yes. Like, yeah. I do yeah. have a lot of questions about that just like in our actual world as well. Sure. Like, at what point was someone was like, this looks like, was it like a, this looks fun. I should squeeze this. And then they're like, uh-huh. I should drink it too. Like, how did we get to a point in life where we were like, we should be squeezing that part of a cow. I feel the same way about lobster. Like, who got hungry enough to eat a giant sea bug? Like, whoa. You know, I'd never thought of that or, one before. Or an, or an oyster or a clam. Like, ooh. And I, I love seafood, so that's not even the issue. But, like, how hungry do you have to be? I think in the olden days. I don't know how long ago the olden days were, but I feel like there was like a lot of trial and error with food. Because here's the thing, like like mushrooms. Honestly, I'm mushrooms have a weird texture. I don't really fuck I with them. I love mushrooms. Well, and I'm glad someone does. I, I can't bring myself to like them. I've tried so hard. But like some mus- like mushrooms are delicious. Some mushrooms will give you like these psychedelic effects. Some will kill you instantly. Sure. And like there's so much trial and error in figuring out which is the correct mushroom form? Mm-hmm. We are really getting on this tangent. So let's just, we're, we're going to bring it back in. We're going to come back. Regardless of how it was discovered, the point is that it is. Minotaur that way. sperm goes into Viagra. Viagra. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. In this like alternate universe. So. So she goes in, she's very nervous. This minotaur, she finds very attractive. She doesn't even really see his face so much. She sees like his his back through his dress shirt because he's apparently a businessman. And she's like, that's pretty hot. And then he gets He can't on- be that good of a businessman if he needs to make a dish. So that is addressed. Okay. That is addressed. Apparently, they make so much money from these deposits that a lot of them almost live off of that and then work full time and just like save. Oh. Yeah. I love their entrepreneurial spirits. Right? Okay. I'm super, I'm, I'm very proud of them. So basically, it's addressed in the book that pretty much every male minotaur does this, period, end of discussion. Like, it's just expected that that's what happens that's what they do. So he gets onto the breeding bench, as it is called, and she <laughs> she lubes up. There's a very large, obviously, thing of lube available. And she starts like giving him the full steak and shake. And he is <laughs> four for those counting at home. <laughs> that was the fourth hand job euphemism. So Yes. And she's like, this is super hot. Like, I have not been turned on by watching this before when my trainer was doing it. So I don't know what is happening, but I'm super into it. So she's giving him a handy. And it's very descriptive. It is very descriptive of 
of all of it, and he is not circumcised. And it's just a lot to deal with. Are Minotaurs <laughs> normally circumcised? I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with Minotaur culture to comment on that. Okay, so that that's not something addressed in the book? It is not addressed in the book. So she's like, what? I really like this. And then he starts... So he... There are different classifications of Minotaur that come in that the milking associates have, and I will describe those later. But he is one that is basically the like quick one and done, like not here for a good time, just here to make some money kind of situation. So normally they are very, that that type is very uh, stoic and just like, pounds it out and is good to go. But he starts like making sound and like doing all this. And she's like, hmm, getting more and more aroused by all of this. And I think at one point she says, between him and me, I'm going to float out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Which. And once again, she's really just seeing his back. Like and his penis, yes. And his penis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I imagine it had to be a, a beautiful penis for this level of reaction. Sure. But like he's making some sounds and moans and whimpers that mm-hmm. like let us know he's into it. But like we know nothing about him or his face. And like it's not like they are having any conversations. Not really, except that he says that I'm on my lunch break. Like let's hurry the fuck up basically. So she is doing her thing. And she's like, I think I might be good at this, actually. And um, he starts to get closer to completion. (laughs) And so she attaches the machine. And then she's like, well, in the video, she, like, played with his balls. So I should do that because they did it in the video, and I took notes about that. So she does. she is an academic at heart. She is. And she's very much a perfectionist, and so she is going to be the best fucking hand job performer of all time. Listen, if there's a rubric for being a milking (laughs) associate, she is shooting for perfect scores on whatever that metric is. I feel like we're looking at milk jugs for the... Uh, not not Hugh Jackman's for our rating, <laughs> milk jugs. <laughs> milk jugs. Maybe we'll do a little bit of both. We'll just have to see how it feels. So, so she does. She plays with his balls. He makes a lot of sound. And he, he comes into the milk jug and she's like, holy shit, that was super hot. Like that should not have been hot. Like he's just a client. Like that's really weird. That's never happened before. Oh my God. Right. Is HIPAA involved here? I mean, they do a lot to respect the Minotaur's privacy. They do because I guess technically it is a medical procedure. However, HIPAA is not directly addressed in the book. (laughs) There's never a release of information sign. No, no. Got it. So she walks out and she's like, God damn. And then she carries on with her day and that doesn't happen again. Like she continues to provide the Nantucket handshake to the rest of her clients, but it does not happen again that she becomes fully aroused by that. Yeah. Oh, so it was only the one Minotaur who aroused her. It was just the one. It was just the one. So then at the end of the day, she goes out to the front desk and apparently the Minotaurs can tip if they're like super into 
whatever happened. But but the milking associates don't know who left what tip. It's all anonymous. But in one of her little tip envelopes, she gets like a crisp $100 bill. And she's like, I know who this is from. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't from him, I'd have more questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she starts to get more comfortable with her job. She's getting into it. And then, and I pulled this up so I could make sure that I told you correctly. So there are several different types of minotaurs that come to this milking farm. And um, there, so I'm going to go through them. We have the earners. So the earners are the one that ones that can account for essentially like every drop. That's a direct quote. I'm really sorry that I said that. Um, (laughs) So they are fully aware of all of their output. They make very good money from this for some of the, for some of them, this is their primary income stream. So they are the earners. Um, Stream. I'm really sorry. (laughs) Their primary income stream. God damn it. (laughs) So sorry. So the next is the pop and go. <laughs> That's what it says. It's right there. It says pop and go. I don't go. doubt it. But if y'all, I'm about, listen, Hannah's doing this. I need more wine. You're going to hear me pour more wine. And I apologize. It will pick up the sound. But like, I feel like I need more wine for this experience. And if there was ever, ever an episode that should have been like sponsored by Boda Box, but wasn't, it's this one. Yes. And it would be way cooler if it were. Right. Like, hey, Boda Box, you, you really keep us going through this and you don't sponsor us, but we'd love it if you did. Yeah. Because if there's anything that's rip right, rich and smooth. <laughs> it's this Minotaur's dick. <laughs> it's the Minotaur sperm. Thank you. <laughs> Violet would agree I'm with so our sorry. recommendation. Like, I'm really sorry on, like, deeply. Also, we apologize, Boda Box. We are not comparing you in any way. <laughs> we are not comparing your Argentina dark Malbec to Minotaur sperm. It's delicious, and I've never had Minotaur sperm. I did see on TikTok the other day. Stop. I don't even know where this is going. <laughs> A semen mixology book. A semen mixology. Shut book. your mouth when you're talking to me. That is not a thing. <laughs> it was. No. It was a thing, and he showed it. And he went over some of the. Listen, I know there's the great recipes. protein in it, but like, put that shit in my smoothie. I guess that might be in the book. <laughs> that could be part of the mixology. That could be in the book. You know, I apologize for shitting on it so readily, but like, I'm no no kink shaming here. That could be part of the mixology. You don't know. I I. I take back my judgment. I apologize. It was a snap judgment and I regret it. Anyway, the pop and go. (laughs) So these are the ones that come. Basically, this is first timers and it's first timers. And Vance just pulled up, Chelsea's husband just pulled up the semenology, mixology book. I feel vindicated. Thank you. Great news, guys. It's free on Kindle Unlimited. Stop. Yes. We'll put it in the show notes. We will put it in the show notes. It is free for those of you who are subscribed to Kindle Unlimited. I don't know how much it, how much does it cost if it's not Kindle Unlimited? $22.95. So you too can learn how to mix semen. 
And I don't remember any of the names of the 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 drinks, but I do remember that they were very funny. So maybe I'll look them up later. But the point is, the pop and goes are essentially first timers that show up and tend to talk a big game. Like, I'm here to rock your world, baby. Like, you've never seen somebody as big as me. And then they basically come in like two seconds because they're not used to the stimulation that they receive. So then they leave very embarrassed. So it's like most guys at a college bar. Pretty much every guy at a college bar. But Minotaur. But Minotaur, okay. yes. Okay, I'm tracking. Yeah. But but they can probably back up their size a little bit more because it's a bull penis situation instead of just like like a 21-year-old fucking idiot who's had too much whiskey and thinks he's really cool because he drinks whiskey, you know? I once ordered whiskey on the rocks at a bar and at a honky-tonk in Nashville when we were living there. And the guy at the bar next to me literally looked at me and said, will you marry me? And I went, you have a very low bar, my friend. (laughs) Mm. So honored. But if your only bar is that I drink whiskey, this is too low a bar. And I want you to aim higher for yourself. I don't know if I should feel better or worse that I have not had a spontaneous proposal like that. I mean, I have, but not in that that scenario. Well, plot twist. He's not my husband. (laughs) I know. Everyone is shocked by that. I know. Poor guy. I hope he's happy. Wherever you are, I hope you're happy. Whiskey on the rocks guy. Right. So then we have the clock watchers, which is the one that she was super turned on by. These are the guys that are essentially like high power businessmen, um, just making a little extra money. Um, They're always on their way to another meeting, to a lunch meeting, to whatever. So um, it's very much transactional for them, and they very rarely um, vocalize or express any kind of excitement. They're just like, get in, get out. I want my money for my sperm. Basically, yeah. Cool. So the last one is the one that is the most like, "Mm, uh, why? Was that necessary for this? Um, As opposed to the rest of the book, which is very necessary. Obviously, yes. Yeah. Um, It is the good little cows. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for it. I said what I said. So the good little cows are basically into the fantasy of being milked. Like they're into that kink. And so sometimes, so there are notes in the milking associates like uh, files for the day that will tell them if they want them to wear a specific kind of outfit, like a milkmaid outfit. Okay. Um, And um, they- So like these guys, it's like more fetish for these guys. Yes. Okay, it's less business, more fetish. Yes, and they do tend to be the best tippers, apparently. Um, Well, one would hope if it's your fetish and they're making it, like making your dreams come true, that you would tip well. Right. Don't be stingy. Right, and they're very clear in the book that the owners of the milking farm are very much about the safety of their... they're milking associates. And so they say, if anybody's ever inappropriate with you, all you need to do is report it and they'll be banned. So I guess that's good. Like, I don't know what the point of that was. You know, like for the, I mean, on mass of the book, like just if we sort of distill it to what it is, 
Why? Well, I mean, like, I bet there's some freedom for a milking associate to know that, like, if a minotaur is inappropriate, that, like, they can hold a boundary and they can say, like, no, you are no longer welcome here. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that must feel good because, you know, like, what would suck if, like, someone was, like, really inappropriate and it was a really shitty experience and then they, like, showed up the next week and they're, like, they requested you and you're, like, no, ma'am. Yeah. There's a certain amount of empowerment to know that if somebody makes you feel unsafe that you don't have to interact with them again. Yes. Yes. I could I could agree with that. So, um, Violet is getting more settled into the job. She's learning more about it. She is making pretty good money. And she's kind of like rocking and rolling along. And then she gets a request. So she has her stack of, of files for the day. She gets a request. And she's like, oh, shit, this could only be one Minotaur. And I'm like, why? You've literally serviced like 200 at this point. Like, why could it only be the one? But okay. So she's like, oh, shit. And then, so as the day goes along, this particular day, nothing is going right. Like, the the equipment's not working properly. Not the Minotaur equipment. They're fine. But, like, <laughs> her, the, the milking equipment is not working properly. She's behind schedule. Like, nothing is going the way it's supposed to. So she gets to her last appointment of the day, and it is the Minotaur. And she finally sees his face, and she feels like he's super hot. Did she initially recognize him by his back muscles? She did. Okay. Yes. And he's wearing a, a septum piercing. Okay. Um, and she's like, that's also pretty hot. Like, I'm kind of into that. And so they sort of strike up a conversation. She talks about how bad her day was. He's like, I'm so sorry. I hope that I wasn't your bad luck because I requested you. And she was like, I guess we'll just have to see. They start talking about coffee. She shares with him that she went to this particular coffee shop. And he's like, no, 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 no. That coffee shop is terrible. You need to go to this one. And she was like, oh, okay, I'll remember that. Blah, 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 blah. So she carries on with her life. She continues to work and do well and make money and make all these tips and everything's going great. Um, Her mom continues to call her to try to get her to move home. And she tells her mom she's working for a pharmaceutical company, which I guess is technically true. So then one day she's at a coffee shop. This guy starts hitting on her and she's like, Jesus Christ. And she's like- Is she at the coffee shop that the dude recommended? Okay. And she's like, oh shit. Like I am not into this. And this girl comes up to her and is like, Hey, hon, like, I'm so sorry I'm late. Thank you so much for, like, saving a table. Like, blah, 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 blah. So, like, a random stranger totally comes up and saves her. We love this stranger. Classic, classic, like, girl power move here. So, sorry, I need a little more wine for what's about to happen. Oh, God. (laughs) So, she makes friends with this person who is uh, British, I guess, and super nice, chatty, Um, She discovers that this uh, woman is a vampire who works at a restaurant for vampires. And so she is essentially a collector of blood. So people volunteer and get paid um, to provide blood to this restaurant and this vampire collects it. I love that all of the species in this universe really all work 
to each other's greater good. They do, and only in Cambric Creek. So in the larger city, um, the other species are kind of more looked down upon, but in this particular sort of town, suburb area of the city, you have like, she and she describes like moth people, ogres, pixies, trolls, dwarves, like all these different kinds of creatures, shifters, um, all coexisting together and kind of loving on each other and supporting each other, which is great. So, um, she meets this, this vampire, they really hit it off. She, they decide they're going to meet up again. Um, she continues to work, blah, 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 blah. She sees the Minotaur again and makes specific, like the Minotaur again. She does not know his name because it's only initials on his, uh, file. So he requests her again. So she knows that she's been requested. She sees his initials. She knows that it's him. Um, and she makes specific note of his septum piercing and every time, and I'm not going to get into it every time, but every time she gives him, she, she goes for the full Hansky. He, (laughs) (laughs) um, she is super aroused by the whole situation. Right. So, um, she goes home and is thinking about him. She watches some Minotaur human porn, gets herself off. She then decides she needs to look up what the septum piercing means because not all of the Minotaurs that she services has them. So she discovers that the septum piercing generally means that the Minotaur is married. So she is super upset by this because... She was like, I thought we had a connection. And then she beats herself up because she's like, we did not have a connection. <laughs> I'm giving him a medical procedure. Like, you need to calm the fuck down, right? I I just really love that, like, hand jobs. Like, this entire book is about giving <laughs> Minotaur's hand jobs. And she's like, it's a medical procedure. It It is, okay? It is. So, um, she, yeah. So, she does the whole deal. Um, of like pulling back from him essentially because she's like, oh, he's married. Like I really should not be. So like he like shows up to be serviced and yeah. she's just like not talking about coffee anymore. Like more like just yeah. like withdrawn. Yeah. Okay. She's trying to have more professional boundaries because she recognizes that like she's maybe going a little bit too far with this guy if she's into him like that. So she then goes to get coffee a couple of days later And he's there. And she's meeting her vampire friend. Mm -hmm. And people are currently cutting trees down in Chelsea's yard. So I'm really sorry if you can hear it. We (laughs) apologize, y'all. There are trees coming down. They're like, they're not small trees. They're not. And there are a lot of dudes out there. There are. And so like something to know about where... Where my husband and I live is that it's a it's very heavily wooded, and there's also some steep angles. <laughs> you know what else is heavily hey, wooded? <laughs> these minotaurs. Hey, I'm so sorry. Um, no, but for real, my so our yard is very like heavily wooded. Our neighbors are getting some trees removed, but because of generally how most all of these trees line up that people need removed, um, they can't just like let them f- cut them and let them fall. So they actually have to like rope like pieces down individually or if they cut it down it will land on your house yeah um so we so the end of this episode could be really interesting right but like we applaud this noise Mm -hmm. for the fact that like my neighbors are getting trees safely removed that won't fall on my house 
or theirs Mm -hmm. in my neighborhood Mm -hmm. is notorious. Like we had some trees removed recently and the guy was like, oh yeah, whenever there's a storm that comes through, like your neighborhood, like all of the the tree service people get hit up because like trees always fall down. In fact, when we were buying our house, we were under contract but hadn't closed yet. A hurricane came through and two trees fell down and hit our neighbor's (laughs) house. And I was like, I'm so sorry, but also I don't own the house yet. So it's not my problem. Yeah. Um, We haven't. We haven't talked to them since I bought the house and it is my problem. <laughs> you know, but you know, these things happen. And so they do. So, um, so, so, she, so Violet, do we know his name at this point? Not yet. Oh my God. Not we don't yet. even know his name. Okay. No, we don't know his name. So, so she is at the coffee shop and she's yes. meeting her vampire friend. And he's there. And he's there. And, and she, she has already emotionally withdrawn from him because a septum ring normally means in their community that he is married. Yes. And so she's like, oh, shit. Hmm. Oh, God. I did not want to talk to him ever again. Oh, God. And so she's kind of freaking out. Is it like actually she didn't want to talk to him or is she like a low-key, a little excited that he's there? I mean, I guess she's a little bit excited that that he's there, but she's like really sad. She's really sad um, that... He's married, and she had, like, built it up in her mind that they had this connection, and he was married. So he's like, oh, hey, like, let me buy you a coffee. And she's like, no, I'm here with someone. And he's like, oh, you're on a date? And she's like, yep, yep, I'm on a date. Even though she's not. So she's lying to just, like, put emotional distance between them. Technically, it's a friend date. It's a friend date. date. So, I mean, if you want to splice it that way, you can. Feels like she was reaching for the sake of she keeping was. distance between them, though. She was, for sure. So he's like, oh, oh, okay, right? And then later, he he comes back to the milking farm, and they're, like, kind of weird. And she goes up onto, like, the milking bench area, which she almost never does. And they're, like, talking. And he's like, well, I didn't realize you were seeing anyone. And she's like, well, I didn't realize you were married. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, you're, you're piercing. And he's like, no, I'm divorced. I've been divorced for two years. I've just been afraid to get this removed because I think like it's going to hurt. Like getting it hurt a lot and getting it removed is going to hurt a lot. And I've just mm. been, kind of been avoiding it. And she's like, oh, I was on a date with my friend. And then they're like, oh. Okay. Well. So then they cleared up this big miscommunication. They have. Okay. And honestly, like, that is basically, like, the biggest plot point of the whole book. Like, there's no plot in At this. what point in the book does that happen? It happens, like, about halfway through, a little more than halfway through. Okay. Yeah. So then... She's like, oh, okay. And he's like, we should get dinner. And she's like, I don't I don't think I'm allowed to do that. And he's like, sure you can. And so, because there are um, cameras in on the milking level, but there are not cameras on the breeding bench level um, for the privacy of the minotaurs. So, <laughs> anyway. So, she gives him the five-finger slippy and then... <laughs> And then um, he 
he's like, we should get dinner. They they plan a date. And she's like, I think this might be unethical, but I don't really know. Like, oh. So she's, she decides to go for it. They go out on a date. It's really lovely. She really enjoys his company. Everything is great. She hears more about his um, ex-wife and decides to look her up. She discovers that this this ex-wife is like a, a I don't know what you would call it. Like, like she's mixed. So she's half Minotaur, half human. And she's like super gorgeous and all this other stuff. And she's like, oh shit. She starts what? to kind of feel bad about herself. What is your body if you are half Minotaur and half human? I don't really know. Okay. I just. I think her facial features were more human than a Minotaur. Okay. I can work with that. Yeah. But she still had hooves and a tail. And hooves is an allergy. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, aren't hooves like fingernails though? I mean, to be fair, I don't eat human fingernails. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't I don't eat hooves or human fingernails. I just wanna clarify that for the record. No one was asking, but just just to make sure we were all on the same page. I just choked a little bit. <laughs> um, you okay? You need more wine there? No. I'm good. Ah. Um, so she like gets kind of self-conscious and he's like, no, you're you're gorgeous and blah, 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 blah. You're so gorgeous then, even if you don't have hooves and a tail. Exactly. That's what that's what we all want to hear from our partners. Honestly, like that's why I married my husband. Did Matt say to you at some point, <laughs> Hannah? You're beautiful, even without hooves and a tail. You know, I don't think he used those exact words. <laughs> Honestly, I'd have more questions if my husband did. <laughs> my husband was like, I think you're stunning. Even if you don't have hooves, I'd be like, wait, hold up. I mean, in all fairness, my husband is from very rural West Georgia. That's basically Alabama. So I would also like to clearly state just because Hannah's husband is from West Georgia, <laughs> he has never been into bestiality. He hasn't. <laughs> and I, let, let's just clear that shit up right no. now. You're like, I just no. want to be clear. He is from West <laughs> Georgia. And I'm like, you know who's going to be pissed listening to this episode? Your husband. When we're talking about Minotaur sex. And you're like, he is from West Georgia, y'all. <laughs> let's be totally fair. He's not going to listen. <laughs> to listen to me talk about this shit all the time anyway he is not going to this is why we started this podcast because I'll end a ridiculous book and I'm like oh my god Vance I just need to tell you all about it (laughs) and then I feel like I'm like I'm very early into what I think is a great book description and I can tell he's like I'm ready for this to not be happening eyes are glazing over like we're checking out he's like cool so I would like to play a game on this on my Nintendo Switch at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I guess mm-hmm. I guess this might not be as exciting for you, which is why we started this podcast. So we could all have a safe space to talk about smut with people who give a shit because our husbands are very supportive, wonderful human beings who we like adore with every every fiber of our being. And they also don't read smut or really yeah. have a desire to discuss it with us. Yeah, they don't get excited about it. You know, they just don't. 
And by excited, we just mean like excited to read it. We don't mean like aroused excited. So, yes. So, at work, I have a feelings wheel. Yep, as and all therapists should have. That's a, it's a great tool. It's very helpful for people to identify what they're feeling. And on this feelings wheel is the word aroused. And I cannot tell you the number of times that a new patient has come in and picked it up and said, how many times has somebody said aroused? And I'm like, too many, bro. Like, more than you would think. <laughs> like, honestly, more than you would hope. For real. For you're real. Like, the goal is that no one comes in for therapy. And when you're like, how are you feeling today? And they go, aroused. aroused. You're like, well, that's not the word I was hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe we should end session early. But anyway, so they go on a date. It's very enjoyable. She's super into it. He seems super into it. It's all great. She's starting to get kind of anxious because she knows the size of his member. Um, Because, I mean, she has, at least on three occasions now, yeah. given him a beef jerky. <laughs> she has I, given him a beef jerky. I'm I like I both I simultaneously love and hate all of these <laughs> hand job euphemisms. I personally can't stop. I got so excited about all of these euphemisms that I made a list for all of the ones that I wanted to make sure that I And used. she texts me about it. Like Hannah straight up texts me and she's like, I'm so excited to review this book because I have a full list of my favorite euphemisms for hand jobs. And I was like, that is commitment, my friends. <laughs> like literally my notes for this book are just hand job euphemisms. Like that's that's all my How many notes. more do you have on the list that we haven't hit yet? A lot. Yes. All right. Yeah. Let's get yeah. back in so you, you can start knocking those out. So she knows what she would be working with because she has given him a smiley Dan in the past. <laughs> so um, she is like hoping that he's going to come inside and he's like giving her a nice little kiss. You mean like, like come inside you. her house, not inside of her? Both. Okay, valid. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he drops her off. She's like, what's happening here? Um, oh, they go on a couple more dates. He does wind up taking her home. And this is where the book for me, like, none of it has been great. In all fairness to CM Nascosta and all the wanky jobs that happened here, none of it has been great. But this is where it's like, okay, so we we were sort of tiptoeing to the line, and now we have we have tap danced across it. Okay, so she finally goes home with Dude Buddy, and he. She starts to give him a Swedish massage and not like a regular one, like a handy <laughs> Swedish massage. And he has a ton of lube and she, obviously because it's going to be necessary because they're very specific that he is quite large and and wide and there's a lot happening for him in that situation. So... 
she's getting really aroused and really excited. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, pump the brakes. We got to get you ready for all this because I'm not trying to hurt you right now. And she's like, but you could though. And he's like, no. So he pumps the brakes. He slows it down. He tries to get her ready. And here's the problem, y'all. Here's the problem. So they talk about the amount of ejaculate that is happening, right? Because it's being collected scientifically and medically. So we know the amount. And she is fantasizing about what 24 ounces of oh my God. semen. Stop. Stop right now. You shut your mouth right now. Uh, so like the standard ejaculation for a minotaur is 24 ounces of semen. That's what fills up the jug. So they don't all meet that. I'm looking at my water bottle right now <laughs> that holds 32 <laughs> ounces and <laughs> I am feeling very concerned. Mm. What? Oh no, that shouldn't all go in your body. You're a human. No. No, it shouldn't go in anybody's body. Really? It should go in a glass jug and into Viagra, which is the whole point of the milking farm. I mean, yes. So she is wicked turned on by this whole scenario. Again, she has watched Minotaur human porn and gotten herself off to this. She's telling him about it. He's like, I'm real into that. And eventually- Is this his first time with a human? Do we know? I don't think we know, but okay. it does seem that way. Okay. It does seem that way. But he is trying to be very careful not to hurt her, which is nice. That's very kind we of We always him. appreciate that. Yeah. So they do it. It's very messy. <laughs> it's very messy. He I mean, has- there's 24 ounces of jizz. Ooh. I hated <laughs> I hated that sentence. <laughs> yep. I mean, you're not wrong, but I hate that you said it. <laughs> Okay, so there it's very messy. There's 24 ounces of jizz. Yes, and they need a lot of towels. <laughs> you know, the great it's news very is specific in the book. Go to it's Costco. Get a get a pack. It's very cheap. You can bleach them after. <sighs> I hate everything about this, but go on. <laughs> so after all that happens and she is left to clean up the Kansas milk of it all, she, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm not that sorry. I'm going to keep going because I can't stop. So much like, oh, I forgot. His name is Rourke. She finds out at the coffee shop. Coffee shop. His name is Rourke. So <clears throat> they continue to bang and it's all great. Her mom is trying to set her up with some guy that she grew up with in her hometown. And she's like, Jesus Christ, woman, like, please leave me alone. Like, Jesus, Jamal, Xavier Christ, please stop calling me about this. Like, I'm really not into it. And she can't, like, mom can't stop. So uh, there is some some concern about the whole interspecies situation. So she talks. Is that common in this universe? It is. So she talks to her friend who is the vampire and gets some support around it. She also meets her 
she meets Rourke's neighbor, who is a pixie who's in a relationship with a, an ogre, I think. And she's like, yeah, he's like massive. And like, oh my God. And you're like, why is this part of the conversation? Right? I mean, oh, mm, anyway. Well, but also like, I don't know. I think back on when I was dating my husband and if I like there, there wasn't an interspecies question of any capacity, but I do feel like if my husband's neighbor had been like, that's who you're dating. He's huge. He's so well endowed. I'd be like, I don't want to have this conversation with you. Yeah. That would have been a, a, I would say hard pass, but that feels weird for the current conversation. So I soft pass. (laughs) That feels worse. (laughs) That's like like a flaccid pass. That's terrible. Flaccid pass, man. (laughs) Flaccid pass on that one. (laughs) I want to start using that more, but I don't think there's a setting in which it's appropriate to say like this setting. Flaccid pass. Literally only with me on this podcast can you use the phrase flaccid pass. And we will use that in the future and no one will, like they will have to come back to this episode for context or they'll be like, what the fuck is Chelsea talking about? And she's like, flaccid pass on that one. (laughs) Precisely. So anyway, she does get a lot of support from other females. I'm not going to call them women because they are not human. But she gets a lot of support from other females around the whole interspecies thing. And she's like, maybe we can make this work. And then she's like, oh, wait, is he going to be weird about me working at the milking farm? Because, like, I'm, 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 like, giving a, a sand job to other dudes. Like, is he into that? Did you say a sand job? I did. I have, are they at the beach? I don't know. Ah. <laughs> a sand job. That's better than a sad job. <laughs> Is it? Yes. Uh, well, you know, it, there's probably less friction than a sand job. But a I sand mean, job. So here's the other thing about this whole book, okay? So I've used a few different, obviously, like a few different euphemisms. But some of my favorites, like a Nantucket, handshake and a Houston high five. I don't know that they would be fully appropriate because this is like an alternate reality. So, so Nantucket and Houston don't exist. I did use Kansas milk and I won't apologize for that, but you know, I don't think you need to apologize for not knowing the nuances of the universe (laughs) in which this is happening. Thank you. I probably need to apologize for a lot, but not for that. Yes, give yourself that freedom. Thank so you. she's like, okay, I'm really into him. This is going well. But will he be okay with me being a milking associate? Because it's not just him. I'm yeah. milking. Precisely. Um, and he's like, yeah, babe, it's a medical procedure. Like, it's all good. Like, you're the only one I want milking me. But it's cool if you keep this job. I know that it's important to you to have your independence. I could support you. Like, you could move in with me tomorrow. And that would be cool. But I know your independence is important to you, blah, 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 blah. So um, her mom calls her and says she found a job for her in her hometown, sort of in her degree. 
field. Closer to her degree than jacking off minotaurs? Uh, yes. Okay. Closer to, closer than giving squeezies to minotaurs, yes. So I can't stop y'all. And I, I'm. <laughs> Nor should you. Like, I don't know if I'm proud of myself or ashamed of myself, but it's happening and you guys are along for the ride. So here we go. So she's like, no, I'm not moving home. I'm not dating this weird dude that you want me to date. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I have this job. I really like it. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but then Rourke gets her an interview with a plate with a museum that would be in line with her degree. She's super excited. So she goes, it goes really well. She's with a, oh, like leopard shifter, some kind of like large cat situation. I don't really remember. Um, he's super nice. She winds up getting the job. It's really great. She moves to Cambrick Creek, um, loving it. She decides she still wants to work at the milking farm like one or two days a week. And, uh, Rourke fully supports that. She is, um, she she gets her own apartment in Cambrick Creek, even though he says that she can move in with him. She's like, no, I want my independence for a little while, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then, yeah, so that's where it ends. She gets a job in her career field. She's still working part-time as a milking associate. She's still with Rourke, getting that interspecies strange, and <laughs> that's it. That's the that, book. Wait, that's that's the end of the... That's the book. Okay, so I want us... I just want to be clear. Let me summarize what <laughs> I feel like I heard you say. Please do. I'm using my active listening skills as a therapist here. Okay, so um, she gets this... Her master's, she can't find a job in, in her field. She gets a job as a milking associate. She sees the back of one minotaur and, like, loses her fucking mind. Yeah. And then he requests her a couple times. She thinks he's married. He goes, plot twist, I'm not married. I'm divorced. And she's like, okay, I'm into this. I was hanging out with my vampire friend. I was not actually on a date. Let's move forward together. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. messy interspecies sex. Mm-hmm. And- Which is very explicitly described. So if that's something you're interested in, I guess read it. And then she's like, okay, so we're a thing now. Mm-hmm. What does this mean? And then he gets her a job in her field in that town. And then she stays on PRN as a milking <laughs> associate. Yes. Um, yes. The end. Yep. What a journey. Wow. See, but here's the thing. It's not that much of a journey. It, you know, it both like, is and isn't a journey. Like, I 1,000% I, I, I agree. Like, I'm like, part of this is I'm like, we really experienced that together. But then the other part of me is like, but what did we experience? <laughs> exactly. Like, this is not full of twists and turns. This is like a cool hop, skip, and a jump, like, from A to B, you know? There's not a ton of plot is what I'm saying. I'd say there's very minimal plot. There's there's not a lot of plot. Like but it just like <laughs> I feel like most of the book is in the description of jacking off a minotaur. Yeah, it's just straight up stroking beef salami. Like that's it. <laughs> <laughs>
That's it. That's the fucking book, dude. Like riding the baloney pony. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're doing here. And, you know, Sam Nacosta makes no apologies for that. And I appreciate that. You know, it seems as though CM really doubled down on this one. And you she just did. You're like, you know, you went for it. She went all the way. And apparently there are going to be more in this series that have not been released yet. And I'm just going to be totally honest. I don't know if I am looking forward to it or not, but I can tell you I will likely read it simply because it's very akin to a train wreck. I feel like it's like some anxious anticipation. Mm. Maybe not even anxious. No. Begrudging anticipation. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, uh, yeah. Okay, so did we decide if our rating system is Hugh Jackman's or Milk Joe's? (laughs) I'm going to go, it should be Hugh Jackman's. Like, that's where we started and that's where it should end. Okay, so how many Hugh Jackman's are we rating this? And we can rate it as both the Australian actor who's a gym and we we all love, and we can rate it as the euphemism for handjobs. Yes, it's very interchangeable at this point. Um, mm. Much like the Milking Associates. <laughs> um, except for the good little cows. Oh, God, I forgot about them. So I'm going to go with like, like 3.5 out of 10 Hugh Jackmans. Like, there is no plot here. It's just about how massive his bull penis is. Like, that's literally the book. That's it. So, 3.5 out of 10. If that is 3.5 Hugh Jackman's as hand jobs, Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that we're clear. Yeah. That would be if a hand job is 24 ounces. That would be about 84 ounces of Minotaur sperm is what we're rating this book. Is 85 ounces of Minotaur sperm, do you think it's worth that? 84 out of 240? Yes. You know, I will, perfect. Yeah. 84 ounces of Minotaur sperm given to us by Hugh Jackman's. Um, out of 240 ounces. Listen, if Hugh Jackman is listening, I don't know where you would find Minotaur sperm, but if there is anyone on the planet that is capable of making that acquisition, it is you. Also, we're so sorry. We love you. You're you're like an uh, you're an Australian national treasure. You're, you're an American national treasure. Mm-hmm. We don't deserve you and we do love you and we apologize, except we don't, that we are referred <laughs> to hand jobs as Hugh Jackman's. If anything, it's a compliment. Yeah. I feel very complimentary for the whole thing. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna go watch the greatest showman after this. <laughs> yeah. So thanks to Hugh Jackman. Um, and, and though we are, we are not endorsed by Hugh Jackman, it'd be a lot cooler if we were. This is the greatest show, you know? <laughs> and on that note, I feel like we should bow yeah. out. So thank you and Thanks, good guys. night. Have a good evening. <laughs> well, that's it for this week's Mutt Sluts. We hope it was good for you because it sure was great for us. If you're digging what we're doing, 
It would mean a lot if you'd take a minute to rate and review the show wherever you're listening right now. Maybe tell that sexy someone to lend us an ear. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Stay smutty.